who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Welcome back to The Experience. I'm Dirk Bradley. And I'm Warren Rustberg. As the preseason nears its end, the fans are itching for adventure like unwashed feet, and EXPN has the medicated powders and pungent creams they need. With the hero and champion drafts complete, it won't be long before the first Axis quest of the season is announced. After last season's final quest, I hope the gutter snipes are first in line. Their street-tough detective shtick makes me feel like I've got gum on my shoe. An excellent example of effective theming in a team. A street urchin. An inner city noble, a private eye, and a warforge turn fry cook at a greasy spoon. Their comp may be lopsided with three arcane casters, but what they lack in frontliners, they make up for in raw power. Do you suppose this cooking's any good? Who's Dirk? Waffle. Whose waffle are you talking about? Waffles, waffles. We're not doing this again. Oh, Waffle the Warforged. Can he sling a mean spud, or does his lack of a tongue get in the way? Do they have tongues? Artificial flavor nubs on their telescoping food tester? Is it a proboscis at that point? Questions I'm sure Paige would be happy to answer when he's not on the air. In any case, I could watch the gutter snipes chin wag and chew the fat about the scuttlebutt until I kick the bucket. Which could happen sooner than you think. What's that? Coming up next on EXPN, Gracie Devine and Aspen Vancaster go head-to-head -head in spelling it out. The topic, quintessence. Miracles made manifest, or the pure power of practical magic. Let the experts spell it out for you. As you make your way over the permafrost-coated land, you find yourselves thinking back to the man who just killed himself before you. You did not catch his name. You don't know who he is or what drove him to madness. But you bear some vestige of him. I think we should make our way from this place swiftly. It fills me with terror. I think that's as good an idea as any. We were sent here to investigate some kind of disturbance. I, I myself felt some sort of beacon pulling me here, but perhaps returning that strange blade we found to Miss Rain would... I suppose in the terms we're going by, fulfill the parameters of our quest. Hal looks down at the sword. He did seem rather disturbed. Penelope is crying softly. Uh, Iavos puts a comforting hand on Penny's shoulder and kind of helps walk the group back towards the dinghy. Gaspard, is there any kind of complications involved in returning the ship back to our rendezvous point? There should be no problems. I don't see a storm coming. You make your way along the river that you had originally followed, eventually finding your way to the edge of the forest. Ahead, you see the dinghy sitting on the moors of this beautiful land. And in front of it is a man, simply eyeballing it, kicking the tires, as it were. Iavos moves over to Hal briefly and kind of pulls his cloak, covering the sword on his hip. Is the dinghy... In an open space, or did we park it with, like, some cover here or there? There was really no cover to be found, and with the instruction to yeah. simply go directly down, you didn't really have much choice. 
Mm-hmm. So next time, pack some camo netting. Yeah. Just a ghillie suit for the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so has this person noticed us? Not as yet. Are we close enough to determine what they look like? At a guess, you would say they're human or approximate. They seem to be laden with uh, equipment of some kind. Other than that, they're just kind of standing and poking at the dinghy itself. Well, this doesn't quite bode well. 100% of the people we've met on this strange place have been, shall we say, quite bananas. (laughs) (laughs) As you say that, the man looks up and looks around as if trying to find the owner, and does in fact spot you. Pennywell put her arm into the air and give a small wave. He raises his own hand cheerfully. I will raise my hand and my head. The man steps back a moment and reaches for something on his side. Uh, That's not a threat. Uh, He's simply uh, built differently than the rest of us. (laughs) What? (laughs) He's trying to see you better. What? Uh, Let us close the gap, friends. What? Start moving towards him. As you get closer, the image of the man resolves. He has what look like almost elf ears, but rather than the normal rounded backs, they seem almost like fins. Hmm. And his face is somewhat long. He has uh, a single jutting tooth coming from the middle of his bottom jaw. It seems to be something that he uses as a nervous habit as he rubs it up against the top teeth, kind of playing with it as you approach. We're slightly uncomfortable by your proximity to our dinghy. And I'm slightly uncomfortable by the presence of that. He points to the man who, without a head, is standing nearby. I just wanted to make sure that you were not surprised. Oh, I saw him. I was a bit surprised. It's better than me sneaking up on you and then you finding out. Granted. This your vessel? It's on loan, yes. Hmm, fine vessel. Not a proper river for miles. You've been carrying it? No, it simply took us here. That doesn't make any sense. It is a bit more of a special vessel. Well, I mean, as you might tell, I'm one of the aqua folk, so might I could take it off you? Wait, you, you live here? No, I live in the water, obviously. Didn't? Didn't you just say there's no water for miles? Indeed. I'm a trader, as you can tell from the pack. Who do you trade with? Folk. Are you going to carry this boat for miles? No, probably some in a river. Ah, well, if it makes any sense, it was one of the first flying ships that I too had ever seen. Flying ship? Oh, I have no use for a flying ship. And to make it clear, we are not selling it. We need this to get back. Oh, that's fair. We're also interested in doing that with some haste. All right, wouldn't want to keep you, Sion. You've referred to two of us now as Sion, as did someone we met recently. Is that tradition on this place? Not from around here. No, not at all. Oh, all right. Um, well, I guess part of the Aldrich? No? None of you? This term is unknown to me. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, I'm no preacher, so... Duh, I guess science or... No, science. You're the feel of one, he looks at Avos. The man we just met had a similar outlook, yes. Mm. Yes, I can feel it off you. The rest of you are strangers, guessing disciples. Do I not feel like a scion to you? No. She does a bit, but not right. I would not call us disciples. Okay. Well, you've been strange folk, and you say you have haste, so best make it. Uh, you said you were a trader. I am. What are you trading? Goods. Like what? Can we see? He sets down his pack, pulls it open, and inside you see a large amount of dried fish of many different kinds and stripes. I was actually very interested. He kind of gets in close and looks at them like, <laughs> oh, smells wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, I, I haven't eaten in a minute. We are... Obviously not of this land. Are you a barter? Is there some sort of coinage that you take? Well, it depends on where you go. I mean, most of the time, if I'm going to buy something, he reaches into the pack and pulls out a small pouch, looks at you all for a second before emptying what look like lustrous pearls of various colors. I fear that the currency we may carry is not of interest to you. No, probably not. Most people don't use currency anymore. That's a bygone age. An age? 
That sounds wonderful to me, but not where we are. No. If you've got to trade. I'm going to kind of sidebar with the group and like kind of usher them into me. I'm afraid the rules as to purchasing what things with this loadout. Oh, I'll be right back with you. I apologize for my rudeness. <laughs> Business strategy. <laughs> yes. Uh, what are the rules for purchasing things and when we are given such a finite amount of equipment and loadout, as they said? Well, we did put our own gold. We bought into the, uh, uh, for our budget. I see. So it is our gold. We should be able to buy fish if we want to. Assuming this gentleman is interested in our coins. I might be. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to be listening, am I? Well, we didn't really go that far. <laughs> You're a strange folk. Where are you from about? Just kind of look up awkwardly. <laughs> up in the sky, again, flying boat. Mm. Different world. I don't like that. But we are interested in your fish. Tell me, Cyan, by the lightless night, where do the waves take you? He's looking at you very nervously now. Is he looking at any one of us in particular? All of you. You also notice that over time, he's kind of made himself into a position where he's drawing a line between you, as though not to be surrounded. <laughs> Cyan, have you words? Many. Unfortunately, I don't know if they're the ones you wish to hear for comfort. The tenets of your god? Yes, gods. I'd hear them. The father's strength will till the soil. Are you familiar with these? No, but it rings true enough. The mother's care will ease the woe. He relaxes a little bit. Sorry, I've heard blighted around. Blighted? Aye. What would that look like? Like you? Or me? Hmm. Science gone wrong? In the head? In the soul? In the soul. We did battle with a very strange individual wearing the armor of a knight, who seemed to be reciting edicts to himself while trying to kill us and transforming. I don't like that. We didn't like it either. Hal still pretty badly injured. Neither did I. Does he live? No longer. Buried. And blessed. And you killed him? Uh... No. He chose his own fate. We made him remember the words the tenants of his god, and he decided to kill himself. His eyes widen. You did what? Purely by accident. You did what? A minor enchantment. You did what? Say it again. What? You did what? I believe that we made him remember his tenant. Did you now? And what was it? It was something like, Serve thy liege in valor and faith. Oh, mercy. Okay. Well, um, you, uh, hmm. It might be best if I go. No, wait. That man, he, he lost himself. What, what was that? Huh. Well, um, oh, look. It's, it is, it's definitely getting night soon. I, well, the next village is so far. And he starts backing away. We don't wish to scare you. We just have many questions. We will. Oh, oh I've plenty myself, but you'll note I'm not asking. Fair enough. I think he'd like to go. I think we should let him. He seems very uncomfortable. Or oh, careful with who you tell that to. Uh, the whole um, remembering thing, that's, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot, and you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't tell people that. Do yourselves a favor if you come back around these parts, or really any parts. Uh, best not to tell anybody you did that. Righto. Don't tell people we made someone remember. We won't forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, um... If I were to continue, I may be obligated to tell somebody something about my seeing you. I'd like to leave on good terms. Uh, may the waves carry you far from shore or back to it as you choose. Good luck with the fish. He continues on down the road past the dinghy and as soon as he is a healthy distance away, makes notable haste. As he's kind of wandering away, I'll just kind of whisper to myself. Leave in peace, knowing we have not exchanged names. Does anyone else wish to leave even more than I did before? Yep. Yes, very much. I would like to go. Gaspar, can you take care of the controls? All aboard. Uh, guidance! <laughs> it takes a moment to refamiliarize yourself after the strain of battle, but as soon as your hands are properly on the controls, it comes back to you. The dinghy rises slowly into the air at first and then suddenly picks up speed. 
As you ascend, you begin to see details of the plane that you hadn't taken in before, perhaps because of your hyper-focus on the task at hand. In the distance, you can see, very rarely, a village or a small hamlet, but their distance is so great as to make travel impractical. There don't seem to be any meaningful roads, just well-worn paths created by traders, much like the man you saw before. But what you do not see is cities. As far as the eye can see, and as you go higher and higher, you see no signs of greater civilization. Only small collectives. This fact is probably lost on Ayavos. <laughs> Out in the sticks. The dimensions of this place are baffling to my mind. There's lots of things that are baffling to my mind. This is the land that the commissioner is so interested in? Might be a mite disappointed. To call it a land almost seems an oversimplification. Well, you wouldn't call it a sea. True enough. As you all kind of look at each other having this conversation, you notice that Penny has taken a seat by herself in the back of the dinghy, her eyes still red and puffy. Iovis is going to turn around and move to the back of the dinghy with Penny, with Hal and Gaspar in the front. My dear Penny, Penny, for your thoughts. That's, that's man, that's creature. The way he forgot who he was. It unsettles me greatly. I'm glad to hear this. That sort of thing should unsettle you. To walk away from such a thing with calm and understanding is almost inhuman to me. You see Gaspar's knuckles whiten as it his grip tightens on the controls when he hears the word inhuman. You seem to have a spirit of kindness to you, a gentle nature. I can relate with this in many ways, but I fear that this game we have tangled ourselves into may require more blood on our hands. I do not think the incantation you put on him was meant to harm him, and yet it was our most powerful weapon. We were not meant to defeat him, but... The light, the battle, the laughter, it made him remember, and it made him lucid, and that's what he did. And I think the best things we can take away from this experience are, one, to know that it's all right to know there will be nightmares, and that it will be quite painful to watch these poor creatures die. But another is that we should keep our minds open to what our resources are to defend ourselves. Ayavos, can I tell you something? Of course. This is my first time on a material plane, and I... I have not felt myself since I got here. So many new feelings. Uh, pain. Fear. I feel like they're overwhelming me, and I'm afraid that I will lose myself the same way that this... Blighted did. I myself feel differently than I did before. I was young, strong, a hard worker, and now my vessel is what you see before you. Uh, quite a fixer-upper, as they say. But I don't think you should move forward fearing these emotions. Just try your best to understand them, and I will always be here to talk you through it if you need. I appreciate that very much. I always thought that you singulars were so silly, trying trying to be so many things at once, but being here, it's, it's complicated. Must be nice not to be a singular. I just want to feel like myself again. As Penny hears Gaspar mutter that under his breath, she, she kind of gets silent and she, she looks a little embarrassed. Either way, I think you and I both will have a lot more violence to expect in our near future. Let us steal ourselves now. Yes. We've been playing a game, and now it's time to get to work. I have us, I promise, I will protect you. I just hold her hand. Hal has been paying attention to none of this. He's sitting on the prow of the boat, just kind of kicking his feet along the side, and looks up and goes, Oh, look, the ship, we're back. And indeed, the ship is there. The Stygian kiss lies before you. It's black wood and black sails, ebbing and flowing as if it was in the water. As you approach, you see the captain 
waving to you and holding his finger to his lips. Immediately start looking around nervously. He keeps waving you on until eventually you reconnect with the ship and he fastens it. I don't need your micromanagement. He holds his finger to his lips and he points off in the distance. And all you see is a star. Just a single star. At first, that's all it feels like. Until you remember that there are no stars in the sky of error. Leviathan. Stay quiet. Don't use any magic. Best be below decks now. Iavos takes his hand off of his spell book that he was slowly creeping towards, nervously. Gaspar is going to tilt his head back and forth so it nods yes. <laughs> Were you not here? There's a good chance we would be after her. But we had clear instructions not to see you armed. Gaspar will gesture towards Hal's wounds. I'm not responsible for the self-inflicted. Get below decks. We'll call you when it's safe. No argument here. <laughs> Penny will continue holding uh, Iavis's hand as they make their way below deck. Oh, so cute. Wait, we could fight a leviathan? This way, Hal, hurry. But it's a leviathan. <laughs> for another day. Promise? I'll do my best. <laughs> you finally make your way below decks, and the ship goes on silent running, much slower than it was originally. And you can tell that you're not moving by any kind of accelerated power, just the solar sails. Eventually, you hear a loud three knocks coming from above you, signaling that you're free to come up. Well, fresh air then. Yes, I do enjoy fresh air. <laughs> I could use some as well. Penny looks to be in slightly better spirits. When you come upon the deck, you see that you are not far at all from Zenith. As the satellite resolves, you all feel a faint sense of home. However, undeveloped. Captain, can I ask you a strange question? Aye. How long were we down there? Down where? Below decks, like an hour? No, when we took the dinghy down to Era. Aye. Well, hmm. Hard to say. Time gets weird. I'd say maybe three hours. Yes. Based on the strange dimensions of that place, I was curious if there was any kind of temporal unalignments. Wouldn't know. I try not to mess around down there. Apparently the punishments are um, severe. Everything we encountered was quite severe. Well, get yourselves ready. We're moving into dock. And that you do, coming into Omega Dock. You... Find your way, hovering above one of the docking rings, and then come to a full stop. The plank comes out, and you're all ushered off the Stygian kiss by the devils. In the dock, the only people that can be found are a few errant engineers, rain, and a collection of strange adventurers. Or at least you assume they're adventurers, based off of their gear. They're all heavily equipped. Swords, shields... All of them seem to have some kind of arcane focus and divine focus. There are four of them, and they are all wearing helms that are perfectly smooth and mirrored. Their clothing is all deep, deep purple and a washed-out gold. I immediately do not like them. It's good to see you. You were waiting for us. We are. Who are they? They're so shiny. They're not important, but you're going to have to come with us. That doesn't make any sense. In what way? Well, obviously they're not novices. They've got too much equipment. They are not a part of the League. Well, they're in purple. And they wouldn't be here if they weren't important. I think they're important. I think you're lying to us. Yes, you're very clever. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're here for my protection. <laughs> We're taking you under quarantine. I was trying to be oblique. What? Nothing. Come with us. I don't know what quarantine is, but it sounds very unpleasant. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> as soon as you say that, the mirrored adventurers move into a block formation around all of you, standing in a perfect square. Well, what a strange way to be greeted from success, but... This is not a punishment. We need to have you quarantined, at least until we find out if you have any foreign bodies. I respect your precautions. I think I am the only foreign body here. Yes, indeed. You're all very good jokesters. You'll do very well in the League. But for now, you'll have to do very well down in the science department. Hal is clearly uncomfortable as they surround us in a box formation, and you can tell he's, like, trying to adjust his footing to compensate for the fact that they're surrounded. 
That's absolutely fair. And as you do that, they give a little bit more distance and they all seem to move at the same time. You've not seen this level of coordination in most adventurers. Yeah. Hal, Hal isn't entirely conscious that he's doing this. It's almost like a reflex reaction to mm-hmm. being surrounded, but he doesn't want to aggress unless they initiate things. Absolutely. And you feel absolutely no hostility from them. They feel totally relaxed. They're just doing what they're told. As you adjust, they adjust with you. And you move out into the hallway towards the nearest elevator and then descend. Past the base level of Zenith, below the disc, deep into the research and development center of Hub. Modern Blader history has changed the face of the LUQ and the cosmos at large, and no discovery more so than Quintessence. Both element and alignment, Quintessence has become the backing for currency across the planes. But what is it really? Tonight we'll be spelling it out. Gracie Devine, Divine Authority and Chosen of Praxa versus Arcane Wonderkind and Magitech Mogul Aspen Van Caster. Quintessence is faith incarnate, a literal manifestation of the power of the gods. It's through their will that the cosmos is woven together from the faith and worship we exude. An easy way to shirk responsibility. What does that make us? Cows to be bred and squeezed for the god's psychic love milk? Quinn is willpower, perception, and belief, and it's the singular mind that generates it. It has no more to do with the gods than cathedral civilizations have built for them. They're the accidental motivation for singular ingenuity and power. So in your ideal world, humans would just abandon their faiths and what? Build monuments to rulers, to themselves? How is that any different from faith? Whether you're devoted to a king, your spouse, yourself, or science, we all need motivation and purpose. Quintessence is a resource we passively generate, and gods can channel this into greater goods. Shouldn't we have a buzzer or something for that insufferable phrase, the greater good? The only good the gods serve is their own. The knowledge we've tapped into shows us that these abstract plural beings are no more than parasites, feeding on love and fear. Without them, we could turn these powers towards self-betterment, abolition of our greater threats, cures for our greatest sufferings. Cures that you can bottle and mark up. The only thing singular serve is themselves. A universe where everyone worships at the altar of their own vanity? Is that what you would have from us, Mr. Van Caster? Better ours than some faceless name and a bunch of monastic theatrics. Churches are no better than theaters, after all. But at least when I pay for a ticket, I know the money's going to people, and not some cosmic couch potato with a hard-on for suffering. The good works churches do are civil works. The moralities they espouse are social concepts. The only thing the gods give us are idols to worship and a hole in which to throw our faith. Tell me, Mr. Van Caster, have you spent much time outside of your home plane? Other than jet-setting through cosmic hotspots to shill your media merchandise, of course. Because I think the Grathmids of Tau Z83 might disagree with you. You see, their god is an active one, whose purpose is education and personal betterment, rechanneling faith into the physical and mental health of its followers. The gods of Upsilon Y4 wander the physical planes, testing those they come across to see if their souls are worthy of transcendence. Your cynical view of gods is a convenient one, when the only plural beings you see are those that serve your interests, or prove your points. But I would not think to project my perception of the things I do see onto those things that I don't. Plural beings are flawed. They can be cruel or kind, wise or foolish, but so can we. The energies we grant them are useless in our hands, and giving it freely does us no harm. Our faith is essential to their continued existence. I would argue that their life is essential to ours. A stunning opening flurry from the magical media mogul, and staunch defense from the Chosen of Praxa. Let's take a moment to talk about Quinn as it relates to the LUQ. Throughout all of recorded histories, ensouled beings have given their worship to the gods. The gods can use this awareness, adoration, and focused willpower to manifest their miracles. But Scry technology has changed the game. Viewers across the universe send their adoration to the League of Ultimate Questing, which can be used as currency on the extra planar scale. It can also be used to benefit the adventurers directly. Using luck bracers, players can manifest minor miracles, giving themselves an advantage in times of trouble. It's your viewership that gives them the strength that allows them to perform larger-than-life feats. The quintessence they use is called Glory in the League. A team is scored at the end of their quests, and that score earns them glory, which can be used on future quests or withdrawn as Quinn. Your love and enthusiasm are the lifeblood of this sport and everything we do to support it. When we come back, Gracie and Aspen will debate Quinn in the hands of lesser plural beings. Devils, angels, monsters, and martyrs. Stay tuned after these messages for more Spelling It Out. 
we're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle, so I love their protein-plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing. If I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week, it's fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code theleague50 at factormeals.com slash theleague50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hello, I'm Fleur Hagen. I raise Ulro in the mountains of Grange. I shear my Ulro weekly to keep them fresh and buoyant. But sometimes I'm the one who needs to be sheared. How can I herd my Ulro through the craggy forests of Grange when my craggy forests have turned into a dank swamp of festering filth? I've mired my considerable physical gifts in a putrid thicket of wild undergrowth, untouched by the gentle caress of the sun for centuries. That's why it's time for Manscaped. The lawnmower uses cutting edge technology. Well beyond the bush lore of this nut-rotten old mountain coot, I use rusty sickles and broken bottles left by hikers to scratch away at the nightmare beneath my small clothes. Now ceramic blades gently shear my natural wool to be used in arts and crafts, and Manscaped's ball fresheners leave me feeling like a misty clearing instead of a humid, mossy bayou. For 20% off your purchase and free shipping, go to manscaped.com and use the code LUQ. That's 20% off free shipping with the discount code L-U-Q. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Hey, all you cuties. You've made it to the center of this episode's cinnamon roll, the most delicious and saturated bite. L-U-Q isn't possible without the support of our fans. Simple as that. 
We love putting in the work, but if it weren't for people sharing the word and being part of our community, we'd have no reason to. And of course, we wouldn't be able to afford to keep growing and producing without our patrons. Our newest high-tier patrons are Kyle Savitsky, Clint of Eastwood, and Reshpin joining the heroes of the Battle Axis. Our legendary Patreon teams are the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise, with Darce Mail, Andrew42, Timothy Southern, and Evelyn. If you'd like to join the Patreon community either as a legendary supporter or a member of the Battle Axis, you can find links at the LUQ.com, where you can get tasty piles of bonus content and game assets. You can also get links to our social media where your shoutouts and interaction help us out daily. And links to our Discord where the nicest nerds you'll ever meet congregate and have made an absolutely amazing community. We also stream on Twitch throughout the week at Slapdash Streams. Monday nights we premiere new episodes of the OUQ, Tuesdays me and Zach play our cooperative Pokemon Nuzlocke, and this coming Wednesday the 12th, we're bringing back D20 questions in stream format and we'll be interviewing Travis Vengroff from Dark Dice to talk about their exciting new season. That'll happen at 6 p.m. Pacific, so do not miss it. It's going to be so much fun and very informative. If you want to send us stuff, P.O. Box 230091, Tigered, Oregon, 97281. But once again, please, no homemade food. And to remind you, we have a bunch of one-by-one-foot squares of wall space open between our new sound paneling. So if you have something you'd love to see hung in the walls of the Slapdash studio, please send it to us and we'll put some stuff on social media. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Summer is on the way, and you and the whole family are going to want to beat the heat. What better way to spend the day than at Wild Wally's Water Weird Water Park? At Wild Wally's Water Weird Water Park, those spicy summer days don't stand a chance against over 500,000 gallons of crystal clear water. Housing hundreds of water weirds working hard around the clock to give you the funnest water slides around. Enjoy Wild Wally's Water Weird Water Park sentient wave pools. Over 15 elemental powered water slides ranging from children to adult. And if you've lived a good life, there's the Aqua Obliterator. A 200-foot extreme downhill slide into a blistering 360 loop-de-loop. Ending with a 20-foot vault into the air, landing for splashdown in a heated safety pool. This ride is not recommended to anyone with a hit die lower than 1d8. You have been warned. Wild Wally's Water Weird Water Park has hot food, cold drinks, and cool waves. Where the only rule we have is don't pee in the water. Do not taint the sanctum of these noble elementals who toil endlessly to bring you joy. To insult them with your inferior fluids would be to incur their aquatic wrath, ending the lives of everyone in the area. Crushing waves, bloated, suffocating corpses, and bendy wild slides running red with the blood of the fallen. Wild Wally's Water Weird Water Park. Bring the whole family. Don't be in the pool. As you descend below the deepest point you've ever traveled in Hub, you feel a sense of distance from the world. There is a clearly demarcated point where you pass through what feels like a field of some kind of magical energy. It's hard to determine exactly what effect it's having, but you can tell there's something here. You eventually find yourselves coming to a stop, and the elevator opens. Inside you are met with sterile halls, enameled much like the insides of the elevators. You're led down a few of these until you eventually find your way to four separate rooms. One each of the adventurers who've been following you take you to your respective dwellings. See you all later. At which point you hear Rain say, All of you are to disrobe. We will be taking your equipment and ensuring that there are no foreign bodies. This brings back so many memories. The doors slide open and you are urged through them. No resistance. They snap shut behind you. Inside, you find basic living accommodations, but extraordinarily sterile. Everything is steel, enamel, and clean white linen. You also see a simple set of scrubs sitting on top of your bed. Strange garments. Hal puts the pants on, but remains shirtless. Of course. <laughs> what color are the scrubs? White. Okay. Um. Yeah, Penny will, will don hers. Of course. Iavos isn't sure what the protocol is, but he's going to start taking his precious items off of his like necklace and belt one at a time and laying them down on the bed, side by side, kind of inspecting each of them, touching them lovingly. Ladle, book, key, a whole myriad of strange household objects, and folding up his kind of tattered robes very carefully. In contrast, when Hal strips, he literally just kind of 
takes his stuff off and just throws all of it in a pile before throwing the pants on and <laughs> moving on with his day. Penny will not even hesitate. She will just shed her current clothing, fold it up nicely, and then put on the new scrubs. Gaspar is going to disrobe, but he's going to try and at least stow away a thieves tool, a lockpick, a dagger if it can fit somewhere in this room that he thinks he can hide it. Fair enough. Can I stab a lockpick into my severed head? Like <laughs> You do your best to hide some things. Yeah. It's got a good beard. There is a basket next to the door in which you put your possessions, at which point you open the doors and you do, in fact, find that these mirrored people are standing at the door. I give them my my belongings. World deception? Butts. What'd you get? That's a six. Everything, please. <laughs> God damn it. I've been caught by a dweeb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fine, here you go. I will give them one of my two stowed away items. Mm -hmm. They take it. They walk into the room. Go ahead, roll me a sleight of hand. 18. Excuse me. You know, rogues usually can't be trusted. They look in some obvious places and then in some not-so-obvious places, but they don't check inside the head. Have a good day. They always search less diligently whenever they find one thing. There's the sound of dragging on linoleum as Iavos pulls his sword over to the guard. Please treat this with care, if you would. They grab it with one hand, put it on their shoulder. This sucks. The person who's taking your weapon sounds exactly the same as the person who took his tools. It's not a fine blade, no. Not meant for war. Fair enough. Thanks anyway. It is important to me, though. No harm will come to it. Excellent. Sorry if we made you nervous. The armor's a bit unsettling. Seeing your own face in the visage of a warrior is unnerving. He taps the center of the mask, and just like the mirrors on the walls inside of Hub, it kind of dissolves into a window. Inside, you see a very ordinary-looking man. You'd say probably somewhere in his mid to late 30s. He's got a little bit of wrinkling around his eyes. He also has a lot of scars, uh, one through his eyebrow, one on his lip. And he looks at you kindly. Yeah, they like us to look edgy. That matches the aesthetic of this strange place, yes. We're not something you guys see a lot. And I'll be honest, we're probably not something you want to see a lot. So follow the rules, okay? We, your your party, your ensemble. Um, yeah. They all look at each other, even though the ones who are nearby aren't in earshot. Such synchronicity is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You have yourself a good day. You as well. Hal's just sitting on the bed. Most of his stuff kind of kicked in the direction of the basket. It doesn't occur to him that these people are waiting for him to put his shit into the basket and then hand it to them. He assumes that someone's going to come get it. He's just kind of... Sitting on the bed, kicking his feet, looking around. After a moment, the door opens. You okay in here? Yep. Oh, um, <laughs> you gotta give us the stuff. Oh. I look over at it. All right. I get up and I kind of put it in the basket and hand it to them. Thank you very much. He leaves, closes the door. You're still kind of poking out, just curious. Mm-hmm. And as you do, you notice that As they get your possessions, they move up against the back wall of the hallway and just stand there about three feet apart, almost exactly. Penny will, um, unable to fit the shield into the basket, she's folded everything up nicely, like arranged it very well inside the basket and set that on top of the shield, which she carries over to them. Like a cornucopia. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautifully arranged. Very aesthetic. They take it from you. Thank you very much. You also then suddenly hear a really muffled sound, like they're talking inside of their helmet, but not projecting. Kind of a... And then all four of them laugh at the same time. I... Was... Was there a joke? Oh, no, sorry. See you later. Okay, thank you. Please, um... Please take care of the Aulas. It's... It's a family heirloom. I don't know what that is. As... As they, um... Walk off into the distance, she says, The flute! (laughs) It means a very old item passed down through generations. (laughs) 
As soon as they've all walked away, Rain is the only one left standing in the hallway. She looks at all of you with your doors open now. Yes, well, you're going to have to remain in there for... I believe 48 hours is the protocol. I've never had so many bedrooms. You'll have probably many more to come. Could you perhaps bring me some books? Whatever you need, but they need to be sterilized, and they cannot be personal items. Wonderful. Write anything you need on the paper that's been provided. Feel free to slip it under the door. For now, however, you will be isolated. Hmm. Have a good day. She walks away, and as soon as she does, the doors begin to close. (laughs) Bye-bye! And there you are, for exactly 48 hours. What do you do in that time? Hal rests to recover the damage that he took uh, at the hands of the swordsman. At regular intervals, clerics come in to treat your wounds. Okay, that's handy. Also, Hal requisitions some hand weights, a pull-up bar, a couple of training swords. Instead of a pull-up bar, they simply give you an immovable rod. That works. Fancy. Yeah. That's magical. Hal spends some time trying to move the immovable rod. Sure. <laughs> well, that's a workout right yeah, there. Some quality exactly. calisthenics. Yeah. <laughs> Gaspar is going to be testing out the security of this room. He's not going to try and like fully break out, mm-hmm. but he's going to see what he can. And he just wants can't. to know he can. <laughs> I just need to know that I can. It will comfort him greatly if he knows he can break out of here whenever he wants. Give me an investigation. It's a natural one. Ooh. Beautiful. <laughs> From what you can tell... There's no clear seams anywhere in this place. Everything's pretty, pretty smooth, pretty perfect. You don't know how the door is opened, but you imagine it's done by some remote mechanism. Yeah. So he's pulled out the the lock pick and is just like looking for a like somewhere to put it. <laughs> Realizes he's in just like a flat, seamless room. Like any man with a lock pick, he's looking for a hole. God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Any thick. Okay, Penny's going to see if she can requisition any kind of information on, like, sword and shield play, whether that's a book or something else. Excellent. Not long after you place in the requisition, the small hatch on the bottom of the door opens up, and in to the room is placed a plastic sword, a plastic shield, and what looks like a divination crystal. When activated, a man in what looks like a polo shirt is standing there holding the same plastic sword and shield. And he says, Hello, and welcome to Beginner's Sword and Shield Fighting. Oh, hello. Can you can you hear me? First, stand in a wide stance, shoulder oh. width apart. Oh, I guess you can't. Oh, I, do I need to go grab the sword and shield? Be sure to hold your... <laughs> be sure to hold your shield up at all times. Oh, oh no. <laughs> she runs over and just, like, grabs the stuff and, like, hurries to get in position. And she's holding everything wrong. She's... There's a reason she has not used her equipment since she got here. Perfect. And she's, yeah, just going to spend time with this. Yeah, the first hour is a lot of that awkwardness of trying to catch up. It's like going to a Zumba class you've never been to before. <laughs> But after a while, you start to get the hang of it and play through it multiple times. It's about three hours of labor, and so you get a few, a good few practices in. Uh, Iavos requests a number of books that seem unfathomable for a 48-hour period. Uh, he asks for a book on, on planar lore, the history of Hub, a guide to modern technology of the strange magics used in this place, a brief history of error, anything they have on like what's in the area. Mm. So after your request, a little while later, you are also given a divination crystal. How disappointing. (laughs) When activated, a very handsome man appears. Black hair, slicked back. He's got a pale skin and he seems to be wearing what looks like a doctor's outfit. Hello, I'm Dr. Dietz. I hear you're looking for information on Hub. I was. I can read a lot faster than I can listen, though. Ah, but then you'd be losing the personal touch of Dr. Dietz. I've never liked doctors very much. (laughs) I'm not really a doctor, but don't let them hear me say that. Uh, Dr. Dietz, uh, do you suppose I could request some tomes of knowledge instead of this apparition? It seems unsettling to me. Am, Am I not good enough? No, you're charming. I just don't absorb information well by having someone like you prattle it off to me. I I see. V- very well. You can hang out and chill while I read. That's totally cool. 
We can just fucking vibe, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I would like that. Uh, You put in a new requisition and you're given a few basic tomes of information. Things that would help anybody who was traveling here on a vacation. But they seem to be resistant to giving you anything deeper than that. Any new information is useful for Iavos in this strange world. I can imagine. Gaspar's going to write a little note. Oops, I forgot this. Yeah. Put the lockpick, slide it down uh, underneath the door. Was that the the instructions? <laughs> yeah. And on the list, it's just going to ask for a something to watch LUQ with. Sometime later, through the hatch, they place inside of the room a divination player and what looks like a collection of LUQ classics. Okay, okay. Scritios, right? <laughs> they call them all sorts of shit. Top 50 locks picked. <laughs> Battle of the Beacon, snore. (laughs) So you guys pass your time. Your 48 hours moves relatively swiftly since you all seem to have several things to occupy your mind. As soon as the 48 hours are up, your doors open one by one. The people standing there are clad head to toe in waxed canvas. On their faces are what look like beaks, masks, with long hooked beaks and they smell richly of, of heavy alchemical and magical components perfumed come with us please oh no I should have requested some food <sighs> was that really 48 hours it felt like we've been in quarantine for 12 months and a couple of weeks oh no not again. <laughs> it seemed like nothing at all to me you're led down the hallway And eventually you find yourselves sitting in what looks like an interrogation room. There's soundproofing along the walls and a mirror on the opposite end, as well as a table and a seat for each of you. I'm going to wave at the mirror. Nothing. Just wait here and uh, we'll be asking you some simple questions. Nothing about this seems simple. Penny seems to be in excellent spirits and she will hop over the back of her chair and land deftly. On the seat. Perfect. Hal spins his chair around and sits backwards on it like a cool kid. Of course. Yeah. Gonna rake her that shit? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I almost is, unless they're like requested to sit down, he's just gonna kind of walk over and like put his hand on the mirror and just kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. It's very cold to the touch. Unusually cold. Oh, I see. Very interesting. Excellent. After a few moments, you hear what sounds like a magical click. Almost like a, a spell's being activated. And then you hear a voice. Did you eat or drink anything? Or in any way consume any native error material? We almost did. No. So no. No, we didn't have any money. No. Thank you. Did you enter any population centers? Not that we knew of. No, we did not. No, a forest, a field. We encountered two individuals and that's it. How many people makes a population? More than two. There are small towns of one. Then no. It takes at least three to make a party. Did you interact with any native life forms? Yes. Was the life form hostile? No, he was afraid. One of them was. How many native life forms did you interact with? There were two that we knew of. Were they hostile? One of the two was very hostile, yes. Do you have any reason to believe the life form was subject to any contagion? Uh, it seemed that if he was sick, it was in his mind and not in his blood. The second life form mentioned something called a blight. Interesting. Seemed to fit what the first life form. Can you describe the physical attributes of the blighted one? Not really. He was encased in armor. He seemed to stretch and warp unnaturally in his physique. He was an expert swordsman. Can you describe any magic the life form might have used? One of the items we gave you was the blade he carried. Noted. You mean besides the stretching? I don't know if it was magical, but he summoned some of our inner fear. Noted. You hear an audible sigh. (sighs) Did you make note of any natural resources, wood or vegetation, rare minerals, or domesticated animals? No rare minerals. There was a trader who had some fish. Plenty of trees in the forest and some fine soil for field. And the trader had the most beautiful pearls. Noted. Did you utilize the magic of the artifact you found? 
I studied it briefly, but it was never activated. If you note any unusual symptoms, magical resonance, please contact Rain immediately. Assuming no issues are found in the study of the sword, it will be returned to your party for personal use. It may not be used on battle access quests, per standardized rules. I would also note that there were some items of my own belonging waiting for me there. They will be returned to you. No contagion has been found. I just wasn't sure if you were considering those a natural resource. No. They are yours to keep. The door opens, and Rain is standing on the other side. Well, you've all passed with flying colors. Happy to have you. I trust you all are feeling well. Little surprise they didn't hose us down with some sort of huge apparatus. <laughs> this isn't necessary. The field you entered earlier is a decontamination field, but it doesn't catch everything. I will remember that magic. I feel better than I have the entire time I've been here. It's amazing what the good conversation and the little exercise can do. Indeed, and a decontamination can be bracing. I don't feel fully decontaminated. We can only do so much, Gaspar. It's a personal thing. <laughs> I found the reading materials slightly lacking. Yes, well, we couldn't be sure you were in fact who you claimed to be. We don't know what's down on error, and we had every reason to believe that there were possibly things that could falsify themselves. An understandable precaution. If we are to remain in this kind of service, with you as a sort of keeper and go-to, if I could request of you some further information books, uh, some tomes of knowledge regarding the planes and error, for me to study in my free time. That is a privilege you may well earn, but for now, your novice-ranked members, we are discouraged from giving you resources beyond the minimum, which is why the only thing you've been granted is basic equipment. It's a standard protocol. But once you become a hero, and once you have a sponsor, presumably, she looks at you significantly, the commissioner, then you will be granted most things you could possibly need. The promise of knowledge is quite the carrot on the stick. That being said, any informational resources you acquire on your own are yours to keep. I think if you're worried about someone impersonating us, then the obvious solution is for us to come up with a secret password. While you do that... I'm going to ask you some questions of my own. Were you completely honest with the scientists? Pineapple. Corduroy. <laughs> as honest as could be. Leviathan. Why would we lie? I I haven't told a lie in, in my life. You should try it. It's quite fun. <laughs> I'm only asking because this is not intended to be some kind of punishment. And we're not here to hurt you. We're here to gather information, and any information you can give us is important. If you're concealing something, that doesn't help us. We have no interest in meeting out punishment or finding some excuse for us to uh, weed you out of our process. We're not police. Well, we don't intend to withhold any information, to my knowledge. It's just the things we saw were so strange. They don't all fit into the little boxes you laid out for us. That's just the basic information we require. I also would request that each one of you give us uh, documentation, to the best of your memory, of what you saw. Personal account. Hal, if you would like any help in writing this, please reach out to me. Sure. Pineapple corduroy, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we can begin to trust each other. I'm already starting to feel like I can trust you, and I understand that what you've seen of me is limited. But I will endeavor to do my best to prove that you can believe that I'm not out to get you. What's your code word going to be? Do I need one? Well, yeah, we have to know it's really you. What if someone's impersonating you to get information out of us? Why don't you come up with something for me? Can never be too careful. How about tut tut? Looks like rain. <laughs> that that should be fine. She reaches in, into a pocket and pulls out a notepad, writes down tut tut like rain underline. You know, my, my sister and I impersonated each other once. It was so fun. We both cut our hair, and then we pretended to be the other one all day, and our parents did not even know. Sounds like somebody could make a divvy out of that. But I have some more grave news. We had anticipated that you would have some time to train and prepare yourselves for the upcoming challenges, but it would seem, much to the chagrin of my boss, that it will be you, in fact, who will be the first to enter the Axis in the new season. Oh, wonderful! Uh, what is the Axis? 
Derek, it looks like the first team to enter the Axis this season will be a novice team. None other than Alpha 3, though I'm sure they'll be given a temporary novice team name soon enough. I'm checking out the dossier on their seat filler. Yves Isadori. Is Isadori. Iavos Isadori. There's a pronunciation guide on every sheet, Dirk. He's a weenie. Look, nothing in Dex. Strength might as well not even have a score. He's a wizard with levels in cleric, and that's just weak meta. A terrible build, and he's just some old geezer. I have no idea how Alpha 3 are going to live up to the hype with this lead weight around their neck. I've been at this game long enough to know that a character sheet cannot capture talent or heart. Mr. Isadora is an unknown element to be sure, but I'd be surprised if he didn't have some tricks up his sleeves. Like a grandpa pulling out an infinite scarf that ends in his underwear. Well, Dirk, unlike most sports, LUQ doesn't discriminate against the elderly. I don't even feel bad calling him Gray. He's actually Gray. Unless this monitor's on the fritz. He looks like a skinny old snowman made out of dust bunnies. Dirk, this athlete, however he might appear on paper, is part of the league and entitled to a degree of respect. I, for one, am excited to see what Ayavos Isadora can do. I'm sorry, Rust. I was just looking forward to seeing Alpha 3 climb the ranks, and Isadora has last round draft pick written all over him. Dirk, I'm not a gambling man, but I will put one quin on the table right now that says by the end of their first quest, you, Dirk Bradley, will be psyched about Mr. Isadora and unable to contain your enthusiasm. Do we have a deal? You're on, my dwarven friend. I will be cool as a kumquat. I suppose we'll just have to wait and see, just like the fans will have to wait and see what the new season has in store on the Battle Axis. Outro! Woo! Yeah. Yes. Episode five. Roleplay heavy. We still don't have a printout for the. We don't really need it though. No, we don't. Well, I'm new. I don't know all these. <laughs> We're things. all just kind of presuming that just, Angelo knows everything. Just, uh, just ad lib, Angelo. It's fine. By the time this episode airs, yeah. they can just add anything that you say that they have and don't. You're just such a consummate professional. We assume you know everything. Okay. Yeah. Man, it's hard to get here at ten in the morning and just like kick it off with like an intense conversation with Iavos. <laughs> <laughs> Law, well, why don't you t- start us off so we get some sure. practice? Take notes. No, just kidding. Um, I, don't right, really give, I don't give a I, shit. I'm Wait, taking out. I have an extra sheet of notepaper. Not, Here. I am not carrying that torn piece of paper around. <laughs> We're making this official. It's going in Gaspar's notebook. <laughs> well, the first thing we usually do for the outro is we go around the table and we introduce the players, starting with... Sam Frost, usually, but Sam isn't here anymore. <laughs> You're so. in Sam's seat now. I am in Sam's seat. Yeah. That's why I'm so twitchy. <laughs> It's the seat. It's not the person. And who are you? My name is Michael Loving. I play Halifan Orson Jr., the SMR Paladin. Um, I'm level two. And that's probably enough for right now. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm Angelo Kaluag. I play Gaspar, the headless rogue. In the number three slot, the wannabe who got to be, it's Dana. <laughs> Playing Penelope Farthing. Still level two. <laughs> Beautiful. And I'm Law, and I play Iavos Isadora, witness to the Withering Acre. 20th level cleric. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a Gestalt character. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. No. And I'm Zach. I am Dungeon Man. <laughs> dungeon Man! The Dungeon Monger. The filthy dungeon. be professionals. I'm the Dungeon Master and Producer for Slapdash Studios. Yes. Uh, I'm also a creative director. I forgot that. But that's because it's been a while. There's two people I'd like to personally thank. First off, Hedegar the Editor. Thank you so much for doing this episode. I'd also like to thank our map maker. Bree Golden of Golden Stylus has been doing an amazing job of making maps for me right now. We'll be posting links to their stuff on Facebook and other social media wherever possible. And they're going to be my dedicated map maker going forward. I'm very excited about it. Hell Yes. And that kind of stuff wouldn't be possible without you, the listeners. If you need any information on LUQ, you can always visit the LUQ.com. That'll get you links to our social media. That'll get you links to our Discord, which has a very active, very wholesome and wonderful community. Uh, you can catch me and Zach streaming throughout the week on Twitch. Mondays, we air new episodes of the show, which is a fantastic way to chat with the people hosting and listen to it live with other LUQties. And of course, you can get a link to our merch page there. 
right now we're currently being sponsored kind of by Manscaped. So yeah, yeah. Uh, visit manscaped.com. And by the time this comes out, there's probably going to be like a thing. Hopefully I, it'll be long term. I considered Hal requisitioning a Manscaped lawnmower just as part of his sure. equipment. Uh, should it be relevant right now, though, if you go there and use the code LUQ, you'll get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Yep. If that still works, it'll be in the mid-roll. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but we look forward to interacting with you online in any way. At this phase, since we just started a new season, any boosts you can give us, any friends you can tell about the show, any reviews you can give us on iTunes or any of your podcast platforms, be fantastic. I'd also like to take a moment to use Angelo's thing that we came up with in the last episodes, because uh, I really liked it. Uh, what does everybody think was the play of the game? Oh, yeah. Oh. What was the play of the game for that one? Ooh. What was the play of the I think it's going to be Gaspar hiding, uh, hiding a thieves tool in his head. Gaspar, okay, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely Gaspar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, is yeah. is yeah. Gaspar also the MVP, or do we feel like there's another MVP? Oh, Fishmonger, Fishmonger. was the MVP. <laughs> that, yeah. Johnny One Tooth, the fish boy. Dude, dude's out there selling fish and getting pearls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eat. get get them pearls, son. <laughs> now that's inflation. Yeah, great. I, I did like that, too. We'll have to remember that for next time. But yes. until next time, we can't wait to continue growing and questing together, and we wish you luck.